0: super talk mississippi media production
1: taylor swift is coming to new orleans and margaritaville resort biloxi and super talk are giving away a
2: free pair of tickets
0: for your chance to win go register now at margaritaville resort biloxi and
2: get your name in for the final drawing from margaritaville and super talk 103.1 this is rebecca turner and thank you for listening to the good things podcast here on super talk mississippi Good afternoon, Super Talk Mississippi. You're tuning to your radio happy hour. That's the good things. I'm your host, Rebecca Turner. Now don't forget you can listen to good things. We are streaming live over at Supertalk.fm. We're also streaming from the Supertalk Mississippi app. And of course, you can always find us too on your local Supertalk Mississippi radio station. And don't forget you can watch us. We are on your computer or your mobile device. Just head on over to Super Talk TV. And now you can make the argument that Oxford is the unofficial capital of humor poetry a UM professor and student took top winners in a poetry competition and we got both of them joining us to tell us a little bit more we got Ole Miss English professor and author Beth Ann and a doctoral student Ellie joining us congratulations lady ladies (laughs) thank you (laughs) this is really cool okay so who wants to take uh, take the question and give us a little background on this particular competition Uh, Beth Ann do you want to do that yeah happy to um this competition
1: is the best humor competition for the country. They have a big prize of $2,000, and um, it's been going on for 23 years, and there's no entry fee. And so they get a lot of entrance. In fact, this year they got over 6000 And And um, I had a poem that I thought might have a
2: chance, so I sent it in. And same with you, Ellie. Okay, so that's how you knew about it, obviously, Beth Ann, being a professor. Ellie, how did you hear about this competition? Because as the story goes, you ladies entered without knowing the other one did, which I find very interesting. So how did you find out about it, Ellie?
4: I literally had never heard of this contest before in my life. I was looking for contests with no submission fee, and I stumbled across it. I was like, oh, that looks interesting. I have a couple poems that I think are funny um so i
2: submitted one and the rest is history and the rest is history okay so at what moment did you ladies recognize that you both were in it did, is it when you won or maybe before
4: it was right. a little well, bit before ahead. i got a oh i was just going to say it was a little bit before i got a text from Bethan a couple of weeks before the results were announced
1: so yeah, go I got an
4: um the press release sent to me
1: to proofread and when I was reading the press release, you know, they were asking me just to double check the spelling of my name is the- Winner, you know, and I'm reading that, and then it said, and the second prize winner goes to Ellie Black, and I, and I said, my Ellie Black, <laughs> you know, my student, you know, it was so fun to see
2: her name. So I text her like, I can't believe you won the second prize. So
1: we were, uh, you know, definitely feeling like we needed to, to celebrate that.
2: Well, Bethan, that's yeah. kind of like two wins for you, right? I mean, number one, it's personal. You got the opportunity for your work to be recognized and then honored, but then your other work as being a professor and you know your influence in on your students to also see that they rose to the occasion and was able to take uh, one of the top spots okay I know this is awkward but which which one came in first and which one came in second first <laughs> uh, I, I came in second first so, and so <laughs> I mean totally fine with yes oh absolutely yes so Beth Ann, you won Mm-hmm. All right. And then, Ellie, you came in, uh, as they would call it, second, which I think that's great. But remembering that this is out of 6,000 plus entries from across the United States, um, put in, and two people, not only from Mississippi, but two people from, um, Old Miss were able to take those top two spots. And that's pretty cool. Okay. This is all for humor, humor poetry. Now, I, this is the first time I've ever heard that as kind of like a, I guess a genre of poetry. Bethann, how would you explain that to those who Make, I mean, I know humor's funny, but like is there a better definition than just funny poetry? Well,
1: you know, I think there's a kind of genre of light verse that has to do with like, you know, limericks and things that are just supposed to, you know, kind of make you giggle or even really smirk. Um, and I think humor poetry is supposed to make you laugh, but also there's something beyond it that prods you to think about something or um, give you uh, an idea of something you want to return to. You. For example, Ellie's fabulous, prize-winning poem is about the way we sometimes demonize successful women um, as villainesses, but really, in fact, um, it it appears on your first read as just um, a really light-hearted take on what it looks, what it feels like to look like a traditional movie villain with a blunt-cut blonde hair and red lipstick.
2: I can see that. And then what was your title, kind of, Bethann? What was yours sort of uh, sway towards? Well, mine has a long title,
1: and it kind of shows the
2: tone is a little bit
1: over the top. My poem was called Epistle to My Lord Concerning My Son's Future Spouses. And I wrote it because my my oldest son is going to be going off to college next year, and um, I really love to feed them, and they love to eat, and I was thinking that pretty soon... He's going to be eating someone else's food and maybe even meeting a partner, and then he'll be eating all their food all the time. And so partially I was giving some thoughts on what I hope this future spouse might cook for my sons, and then the other thought was um, indulging a little petty jealousy that I hope that I'm always going to be their favorite cook.
2: You probably will, trust me. One time my husband and I, have only I threw a peanut butter and jelly sandwich at him because he told me I didn't make it like his mom did. So there's still hope for you, Ann. I'm sure. <laughs> Don't worry, we've made it almost 16 years, so we're doing fine, but I still have never made another peanut butter and jelly sandwich for him. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. Is there anywhere we can read um, what you ladies submitted? Is it posted on UM's website, or is there anywhere folks can go and enjoy your work and get a good laugh?
4: Uh, yeah, oh, I'm so sure. It is, yeah. Oh, go I was ahead, I to say it can be found at uh, winningwriters.com. If you go to the website, there's a nice, lovely picture of Beth Ann on the home page that you can click. And then from there, there's a link that will take you to all three of the top three winning pawns.
2: Now, Ellie, you're a doctoral student, and so you obviously chose to h- have higher education. I guess, would it be more in English? Or, or let me ask you, what are you getting your higher education in, in your doctoral studies? Is it poetry, or is that just something you also enjoy?
4: So I'm getting my Ph.D. in creative writing uh, concentration of the English department, yeah. So what made you choose Old Miss? Um, I just absolutely fell in love with it. I got into three MFA programs. I also did my MFA here, my Master's of Fine Arts in Poetry. Um, And I came to visit in 2019. I also visited the other schools that I got into, and I just absolutely fell in love with Oxford. I was like, I have to be here.
2: So, Ann, from, pro- from a professor's perspective, you got parents, caregivers, maybe even kids listening that just got picked up in car rider line. You know, what's it like there? What's the what's the pulse on being like a creative writer or looking at writing in terms of prof- a profession or maybe even a career? Are there opportunities that's bustling out there for those individuals?
1: Yeah, I think absolutely, and in fact, there's a lot of studies in particular that talk about um, what a flexible and useful major the English major is for undergraduates, and I think people forget that because they think of majors that lead directly on to one thing or another, whereas, um, you know, being an English major, it's teaching you critical thinking, it's teaching you how to evaluate ideas, it's teaching you how to communicate with power and efficacy, And these things make anyone who's interested in studying English a really attractive candidate when applying for jobs or thinking about further education, or I'd just go on and say being a person on planet Earth.
2: Well, and I would say creative writing, you could argue, is just about in every profession, um, whether it's as a lawyer, a healthcare provider, a research. I mean, if you've got the ability to take thoughts and make them into where they're, you know, people want to read it or can better understand what you're trying to relay, like big, massive information, then you're going to have one up on not only probably getting a job, but also being effective at your job uh, um, at the same time. So so that's mine for creative writing. But could us to both of you. So where can we go, Ann? like you mentioned, to sort of um, see both of your works or learn more about the department? Yeah, for sure. Um, The English department has a
1: website. Um, I also have a website, which is BethannFundley.com. And, um, you know, to find my work, you could, um, of course, get it online, but I always recommend my hometown independent bookstore, Square Books, which has copies of all six of my books. Thank you, Square Books. What about you, Ellie?
4: Uh, My website where you can find some of my work is elliekblack.com. Don't forget that middle K stands for Catherine. Um, And I am also on Instagram at
2: ellie.kb. All right, ladies. Well, again, congratulations. I like this idea of Oxford staying the unofficial capital of humor poetry. I think we can all use a little more humor and good poetry in our lives. So why not celebrate that for Oxford? I, agree. I couldn't agree more thank you Rebecca thank you for your time
1: thanks so much bye-bye
2: pretty cool pretty cool I mean we all need something that we uh, can laugh about we'll do our best to look up the link to their uh, works and we'll put it in the good things Facebook group for you guys to be able to see if you so desire don't forget you can find us on Facebook just go to the search bar type in good things with Rebecca Turner will pop up there you can join but stick with us we got more for you what you can do on your main streets coming up next
0: Your afternoon just a little brighter. It's Good Things with Rebecca Turner on Super Talk Mississippi. Good Things with Rebecca Turner.
3: Something big's happening downtown. Good things are going.
2: Good things happening on main streets and downtowns across the magnolia state so today we're highlighting what's happening downtown this weekend it is brought to you by the mississippi main street association now don't forget you can always go to msmainstreet.com calendar to get more information on upcoming events and whoo it's going to be a busy weekend but first we got you in picayune for their music festival and joining us to tell us more is miss reba hey miss reba Hey, Rebecca, how are you? You may be the first Reba I've ever talked to, so I feel... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) I was just saying, I make it feel like it's the Reba, but, you know, anyway. so But y'all have a music festival going on. Tell us about that there in Picayune.
5: Oh, we're going to have a great time. Friday night, we'll start out with a band at Champion Sports Bistro, Three Piece Mild. And then we'll have, on Saturday, we'll have a, um, Maker's Market from 10 to 5, and our music festival be 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. We've got a great lineup of um, bands, and just we're excited about it.
2: Well, it looks like it's going to be a jam-packed weekend with lots of fun. Yeah. So this maker's uh, market, is that more, mm-hmm. who will be there? What will be there to sell or to buy or to, to come out and okay. browse and see?
5: right the first block of uh west
2: canal will be our makers market and that is um
5: anyone that makes things you know uh, a lot of those that will be participating are some of our street festival vendors from the past and they were invited to come out and then also our downtown merchants in that block will be set up in tents in the same area so and right in front of their shop so you can shop on the street or you can shop in their stores and we have a lot of great stores in the downtown so and the first second all over our downtown actually
2: (laughs) so So you can come and start shopping what around 10 a.m and then be done by the time the music starts around 1 p.m so what's the flavor of music i know there's probably all different kinds but or does it lean in sort of one direction or the other
5: No, we have uh, local and regional artists. Rock Candy is more of a rock band, Thomas Jackson Orchestra. They're more calm, soothing-type music. Witness plays. um, they're, They're a local band that's very popular as well, and they play a lot of different music from the 70s on up. So they, you know... They dance and everything with you. And then Grits and Greens, this is our first time to have them and everyone's really excited about them coming. Uh, I've listened to them on, you know, on their videos and stuff and they're phenomenal. Their lead singer is just, she's off the charts. So we're excited to have them here, and you know, returning our returning ones, and then our new one that's coming this year—a new event that's coming.
2: Who would be considered your headliner? Would that be Grits and Greens, or is it somebody else? That's
5: it, Grits and Greens. is the headliner. Well, they're all headliners. They're all so good. I don't know. They're all great. Well,
2: so you, I, I don't know. Yeah. So that means no matter what mm-hmm. time you come out, if you don't want—if you want to do the early bird special, or you want to do a no, little bit not. later, then you're going to see something. Mm-hmm. So Reba, is it set up where you have chairs, or do you bring in your blanket? And uh, you bring in snacks. your own
5: chair. We're in the downtown, so it's in the in the street and in the blacktop. So you bring your own chair. But Don't bring your ice chest. We always say that, you know. But uh, bring your own chair.
2: So bring your, your own chair and enjoy it. Yeah. Now, for those of us That's who right. think, "Oh, I've heard of Picayune but I'm not sure how mm-hmm. I'd get there," what's your what's your most Mississippi directions to get folks to Picayune
5: Oh, okay. Well, we're off of I-59 and we're, I guess we could say we're 50 miles from Hattiesburg and 50 miles from New Orleans and like 30 miles from the Mississippi Gulf Coast, Bay St. Louis. So we're, we're really, really situated in a great location.
2: So if we just hop on 59 and head in one direction, whether it's up, That's down, right. or all around, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to Get be... off at exit 4, exit 6, and you'll get, you know, follow the sign, you'll get to the downtown. So, okay, so do we need tickets, or can we just come? No, is it free? It's it's a free event. We have some wonderful sponsors this year. We were blessed with some really great sponsors.
5: So it is a free event, free parking, free, you know, free admission. So we're excited that we're able to offer that this year.
2: All righty. It sounds like a good time's going to be happening this week. Mm-hmm. Weekend in picayune anywhere we can go, Miss Reba, to see the lineup or sort of plan our trip. Yes, go to our our Main Street Pickyune
5: Facebook page. It's on there, and also on our website, we have it all on there. Our sponsors are on there. Our entertainment, the list of our uh, vendors that'll be participating. So you can just go and see what all you know what all's going on. And right around the corner, we're going to have a fit focus community fitness event with bodybuilders and powerlifting strongman contest we'll have all kind of stuff going on in the downtown you got
2: something so. for everybody is what i'm hearing <laughs> we you miss reba we do. We
4: well, do. it
2: sounds like a good time and folks may want to bring a light blanket if they're going to listen to the music till 10 Absolutely. p.m it should be perfect it, weather for it mm-hmm. so thank you for your time miss reba Well, thank you. appreciate it. All righty. Switching gears, we're going to a pumpkin patch festival there in Natchez. Joining us is Mickey. He has already put out how many pumpkins have you put out, Mr. Mickey?
6: Well, Rebecca, we put out 591 big pumpkins, and we have an uncountable amount of smaller pumpkins. Uh, We had a huge assembly line unloading them yesterday. And uh, anyway, I I saw you were just talking to Reba. And Reba's my colleague in Picayune. I do the same job she does in Natchez.
2: Oh, that's great. What a a small knit family it is that it's the Main Street Association. And you guys have a great event, too, this weekend coming up in Natchez. This may be one of the biggest pumpkin patch festivals I've ever seen with that many pumpkins. Tell us about it, Mickey. What will be going on this weekend in your neck of the woods?
6: Well, well, we're doing this all the way through the 31st, and it's open uh, every day. Um, and we have a pumpkin patch right in the heart of downtown on the corner of Main and Pearl Street, um, and uh, we've got a small, well, it's not that small. We've got a courtyard that's on the corner there, and it is packed to the gills uh, with pumpkins in and, and every shape and size, and uh, we're selling them. Uh, this is kind of a downtown effort. Uh, not only is uh, the Downtown Natchez Association Alliance doing this, uh, we're a Main Street program just like, uh, Reba runs in Picayune, doing this with all our business partners downtown. And so it's kind of a group effort. And the idea is just to get uh, kids out and people out. We've got a, a witch's ride tomorrow night, and hopefully the weather's going to be better because it's raining right now. And uh, we've got a, a number of events face painting, um, a uh, an adult kind of event uh, later on, right before Halloween. And, um, you know, we're just. Downtown having a good time outside.
2: Well, if you haven't thought about Natchez during spooky season, then you need to rethink it and do it at least once. And this would be a great way to get out and sort of experience it. Because you guys have all the spooky tours. Even, well, you have those all throughout the year. It doesn't have to be just, you know, during this particular time. There's just an extra allure to it with your. Yeah.
6: Yeah, you know, I mean, this is is one of the oldest cities in Mississippi. um, And uh, there's a lot of history here. there's a, a really great cemetery cemetery tour uh, and reenactment called Angels on the Bluff that happens um, at the end of this month, beginning of November. That's really something to see. And and right, it seems everybody has a ghost story or a haunted house story in this town, and that goes on year round. So um, and we're right in the heart of downtown. We're doing this event, and uh, you know the thing about Natchez is um, it's a comp packed, old town, certainly built for the automobile. So if you come to the pumpkin patch, there's all kinds of other things you can just walk to. Restaurants, bars, uh, great view of the river. Um, You know, if, if you haven't been to Natchez recently, you should come back downtown. It's is is coming back
2: well, When people think about their little fall vacations Or fall getaways Even if maybe your kid's uh, uh, fall break is, is almost over I think often us in Mississippi Forget about Natchez as being an easy place to go Spend one night or even two Or go there for the day and come back I mean, there's so much to do So much to eat And you're also the biscuit capital of the world So they say, yeah. Mickey So what's better than that and pumpkins, Right <laughs>
6: Uh, that's right. We are the biscuit capital of the world, thanks to Regina Charbonneau. And, uh, and you know what's coming up on uh, October 20th and 21st is the uh, Balloon Festival that's been going on for 38 years. Uh, so that's really a huge uh, event. And uh, if, you, if you haven't seen balloons floating over the Mississippi River um, during the day and, of course, at night on the bluff, uh, they anchor the balloons and they light them up. It's it's really spectacular. It's something to see. So Mickey,
2: um, the the pumpkin festival will bleed into the balloon festival as well. So if we want to sort of tie those two together and make our um, plans for next weekend, that would also be a great weekend to come to Natchez.
6: It'd be great, and and uh, so far the forecast looks good. Looks good for pumpkins. Looks good for balloon flying. Um, and uh, yeah, we're we're going to have the pumpkin patch open until uh, Halloween. Um, so, uh, anytime you come to Natchez uh, for the rest of this month, we'll be here. Um, and and there's a lot going on. Uh, you know, this is what's so great about this time of year: the heat is off, and and you can and the weather is generally good, with the exception of today. And you can get outside and, and really enjoy uh, the towns and spaces around this state. And. Um, and hopefully uh, this particular town, Natchez.
2: Well, M- Mickey, where do we go to get all this great information about what's going on in Natchez? Uh,
6: you can go to Visit Natchez. That's the, uh, the uh, tourism website. Uh, you can go to uh, downtown uh, Natchez Alliance, uh, DNA. That's also our website. Um, and that's probably the two best sources to find out what's going on. Visit Natchez would be the best source about what activities are going on in and around Natchez. Well, we um,
2: appreciate your time, Mickey, and all that's going on there. You can also go to msmainstreet.com slash calendar to get more information on upcoming events. But stick with us. we got more for you coming up next.
0: Upbeat
2: don't forget we are streaming live over at supertalk.fm we're also streaming from the Super Talk Mississippi app we hope you know you can also find us at your lo- on your local Super Talk Mississippi radio station I guess add it to if you want to stop by one of the 12 locations and say hi but we got the Township Blues Festival hits in Colony Park in Ridgeland coming up on this Saturday on Saturday November the 11th not this Saturday a few Saturdays away July 9th with Cedric Burnside Brandon Taz and many others tickets are available now at TownshipBlues.com. And now is your chance to win a pair of tickets to see Cedric Burnside and others at the Township Blues Festival coming up November the 11th, not July 9th. We're going to have to get on to Will about his his, um, live reads here, if you're listening to us, Will, on November the 11th. So be the which person there, Rhino?
3: Tenth, in honor of ten albums that Burnside has put out.
2: So Burnside has put out ten albums. So that is six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five and with the keyword
3: Burnside.
2: Burnside. Oh, original Will. We got we just really went out there. I'm picking on him big today. So again, 601-879-4395. Be the 10th person to text in Burnside. You'll get tickets to the Township Blues Festival at Colony Park in Ridgeland. That's Saturday, November the 11th. And you'll get to see Cedric Burnside, Brandon Taz. I'm not even going to try his last name. Do you know what that one is? Peter Rauer? Sure. That's why he has a nickname.
3: Yeah, he goes by Taz. That's
2: why he goes by Taz. He goes by Taz. All right, while y'all are texting that in, let me also remind you that Hardy and Lainey Wilson are coming to Mississippi, and Super Talk wants to give you a chance to see them live also. So winners will get a pair of tickets to the show, plus you'll get a limo ride to and from the concert. You'll get a night's stay at the Beau Rivage, plus a guitar autographed by Hardy himself. So that's a pretty good prize package there. You must be 21 to enter, you You got to visit one of our registration boxes located throughout the state. All you got to do is fill out your name, your contact information, all the things. And be twenty-one. You can listen to your local super talk station to find out where one of those registration boxes are. Or you can simply go to supertalk.fm slash hardy to find a registration box um, near you. So that easy. And we'll let you know when that drawing um, comes to a close. Or I guess filling out for that drawing comes to a close. Did we get a winner?
3: We did. Just confirming with them.
2: All right. Winner, winner, chicken. Dinner. So, thank you so much for texting in. We appreciate you. And Scary Gary popped in too and said, "Make sure you want you all know that the Canton Flea Market is happening tomorrow in his hometown of Canton, Mississippi." For some of you, you already know that you've got it. You've taken off work. You've got the girl gang together, and you are headed out to get some early Christmas shopping. Um, in it te- technically ha- happens twice a year. I think once now, maybe once, um, in the spring. So, if you're headed out to that tomorrow, I hope you have a good time. Now, there are two skaters that are headed out in the Natchez Trace Parkway. When's the last time you drove that? Some of you drove that this morning. Some of you do anything you can not to drive it. You will drive 50 miles out of the way not to have to drive, what, 40 miles an hour? Shorter route down the Natchez tra- Trace Parkway. What is it? Is it 40 miles an hour?
3: It's, no, it's 50.
2: Is it 50? Okay, which feels like 40 if you're used to running 80 or ninety? Would you find riding on it on a um, skateboard fun?
3: I can't ride a skateboard, so I.
2: So no, that would not be that would not be interesting to you. Unless I
3: was sitting on it, it might take a while to get down the trace sitting on a skateboard.
2: Yeah, that would be. But there are two skaters that are making their way down the Natchez Trace Parkway. They started. They're both using longboards. I guess that assumes they're. Longer than short boards. Not sure of my skater uh, there.
3: From my limited understanding of skateboarding, longboarding was the original skateboarding, and it's kind of like land surfing. So it looks more like a surfboard with wheels, although it's not as big as a surfboard because that would just be unwieldy. But it, a longboard is longer, hence the name. And then you have would it be
2: easier to stabilize? Uh,
3: and- I think that's the, the thinking going into it, because it, it does require more technical expertise to, to pull off just a normal skateboard versus a longboard.
2: Well, they started in Nashville, Tennessee, and they will make the 400-mile trek to Natchez, Mississippi. Hmm. That seems like a long way on little wheels.
3: It's a lot of kicking uphill. Downhill wouldn't be so bad, but going uphill, that'd be rough.
2: They wouldn't make it. Like, they wouldn't make it up to. No. I wonder what was the high speed you could get going downhill on a skateboard.
3: Dog, oh, have you seen the videos of some no. of those crazy people out? And is it LA with the crazy hills? And they go down and they've just got hay bales on either side and they're just bombing down the hill as fast as possible.
2: Well, if they make it to Natchez before the end of the month, I hope they leave with a pumpkin they can go and get one from the from the pumpkin patch although it'd be probably hard to get a pumpkin back to wherever they came from <laughs> if it was the world record size pumpkin a Minnesota farmer took the top spot at the 50th annual World Championship Pumpkin Weigh-Off in Half Moon Bay, California and broke the world record in the process what do you think a world wrecking world it's world wrecking and record setting pumpkin would weigh
3: at least a ton
2: How much is a ton?
3: 2,000 pounds. Okay.
2: (laughs) Over a ton. 2,749 pounds is the world's heaviest pumpkin. Travis, this is his third victory in this competition, but I think it's his first world record because not every year do you break a record in that way. And he won. The name is Michael Jordan is the name of this particular pumpkin. He previously won in twenty. 22 with the 2,500 pound pumpkin named Maverick and then 2020 with 2,300 pound pumpkin named Tiger King. That just didn't cut it. So Michael Jordan is the man when it comes to well pumpkins, I guess the name for pumpkins. So he won $30,000 for winning the way off, which will go towards growing his next pumpkin, which he claims that growing, feeding and caring for Michael Jordan, the pumpkin, Now, I just feel like every pumpkin on your porch needs a name. I'm going to need you to do that later on this afternoon. Cost him about $15,000 since he planted it in April of this year. $15,000 to raise a pumpkin.
3: That's a bit much.
2: What are you feeding it? How can it possibly cost? Well, you're not feeding
3: it like caviar or (laughs) something.
2: Is it legal? Like, can you eat it? Like, is there asbestos in there or something? I don't know. Like what is in the pumpkin to create a twenty and it says April ten. I'm curious if that's like April ten is then is the date that it was planted or the year? because wouldn't it take a couple years to grow to be that large without dying?
3: I need. A pumpkin. I think it's seasonal. I think they grow every year, and then you grow another one every year.
2: So I, I was. I feel like I feel like I need to have this conversation with a pumpkin farmer. Apparently, I am not qualified to answer these particular questions. I cannot fathom how something grows over a ton from April to October. I mean, it happens unless in, you're pumping fifteen thousand dollars worth of steroids. Well, no, think about it this
3: way: if you have a a plot of land that you've planted is it isn't it feasible to grow a ton of a crop on a certain amount of land so if you have the resources i have no idea what the actual numbers are but let's just say an acre if you could get a ton of corn off an acre of land in the same amount of time would it make sense that if you spent all that time and energy on one plant you could also get similar results I'm not saying you could get a ton from a single ear of
2: corn. I am set. Sa- well, it would, I'm not qualified to have this conversation. My brain, <laughs> my brain can't fathom. So I just look at it as, I mean, we've all had, anybody who's had an outside garden or a vegetable garden knows That, you know, if you let the zucchini stay on the vine too long, it gets really, you know, you get the really big zucchini. That's why I was thinking it has to be seasonal. You can get the really big tomatoes, and then, obviously, they don't have the same flavor. They don't taste good. It's the reason you pick them at a certain size and whatever. So, I guess maybe so, but, I mean, your biggest zucchini that you ever picked off the the vine and you thought, you know, this is a monstrosity has been nowhere near a ton. So, I mean, I just, again... So then, okay, math is hard. How many months is it between May, June, July, August, September, October? Six months divided into 15s what? Like a little under a 1,000-ish? Eight?
3: I have no idea what units you're using to get those numbers.
2: Okay. Well, 15,000.
3: Oh, thousand. by six. You said six into 15. Well, and yeah, 1,000.
2: Like, like, yeah. Now I'm, I'm curious how much this man is spending on feeding one pumpkin a month. <laughs> I just make it make sense is all I'm asking is make it make sense. Nothing
3: makes sense when you have a pumpkin that weighs more than a ton.
2: <laughs> There's a college in the state that can help with this, y'all. <laughs> Nobody else understands it either. Stick with this, we got more for you up next. We're going to try to figure out this pumpkin thing one more time here on Good Things. I just love our family of Good Things people and the C Spire text line. Okay, so math. So this gentleman who won or broke the world record, if you're just tuning in, for the world's largest pumpkin. It came out of California. It was 27,049 pounds or 2,749 pounds. The pumpkin got really big over the break. <laughs> 2,749 pounds, 2,700 pounds, if you want to say that. So he won 30000 but it cost him 15000 he said, to raise it. So it's been six months since he planted it in April. That's $2,500 a month that he spent on this particular pumpkin. So our wonderful folks are educating on us on how you do this in six months. I was assuming he's had that thing planted since April 2010. <laughs> To get that big, which in my simple brain makes total sense. It makes much more sense than you could create a ton of pumpkin in one pumpkin in six months. But apparently if you pick off all the blooms, people try this all the time, all the energy can go towards one pumpkin. It takes an exceptional amount of water and sugar. To grow these kinds of pumpkins, I think it's also a special breed of pumpkin that you have to plant to grow. They've been something's been done to them that's it's not, not your average everyday pumpkin patch pumpkin that you're getting there. And it can only it can take 120 to 160 days and at its peak growth, your pumpkin could be putting on 15 kilos or about 33 pounds every single day. That's like adding a two- year old child to its mass daily. Y'all, Cinderella didn't have that kind of pumpkin. Like, I mean, you wake up. I, I mean, I get so excited when I go out. My mom's just hadn't died overnight. I can't imagine if I was to walk out and recognize that, the, I mean, 33 pounds is like, that's a lot. Like, that's getting bigger and sort of bigger and bigger. William N. Courtland said, that's 30,000 pounds if you have 616 times 50 pounds per bushel. It's 30 Thousand eight hundred pounds, a bushel per acre, is what you were going back and saying, um, Ryan. 616
6: bushels per
3: yeah, acre. Yeah,
2: 616 bushels, sorry. And I tried this one year. I grew a large pumpkin, but it was only about 60 pounds. I do not know what he fertilized the extra giant pumpkin with. And someone else came in and said he's spending about $2,500 a month. I don't know about you guys, but $2,500 a month could go to a lot of other things. I better be living in that pumpkin. So, <laughs>
3: driving that pumpkin.
2: You could, and then you've got to pick the pumpkin, and then load the pumpkin, and then transport the pumpkin. Yeah, they're not the just pumpkin,
3: take your word for it. You got to get it weighed.
2: Well, but and they also you can't be a busted pumpkin. So like, Could you imagine? Could you ima- I mean, could you like?
3: I don't want to imagine spending fifteen thousand dollars on a pumpkin. And
2: in his fair, in in his fairness. In his defense, this gentleman, Travis, from California, who obviously should write a book about growing
3: pumpkins. I mean, he's almost won $100,000 just with pumpkins.
2: But he's put 50% of that back into growing pumpkins. So at this point, he is feeding his need for pumpkins with pumpkin wins. But all these other fools who didn't win the 30 G's is outputting.
3: They're just out of luck.
2: Of, they're just out of luck.
3: Well, he's a pumpkin investor.
2: He's a <laughs> just you know, I mean to each his own, I'm certainly not knocking it. There are worse things to be growing in your backyard and spending that kind of cash on, but
3: I just want to see the the giant pumpkin growers and the pumpkin chunkin' people cross over. I want to see them build a contraption that can throw the twenty seven hundred pound pumpkin a mile and a half. Have you seen the pumpkin
2: chunking? No.
3: They build catapults and cannons and trebuchets and everything to throw pumpkins as far as possible.
2: I do appreciate, though, all the pumpkin patches that try to keep up with demand. And by the way, support those. That is like supporting a local business when you get out and take your family. But it is funny to watch them sort of bring in and then set out all the pretty pumpkins. I mean, no way one farmer. In our area, could support thousands of pumpkins. Uh, people sort of coming through, and your kids are like, "Oh, they grew all these!" And you're like, "Uh-huh, yes, they did, just for you. You go pick out whichever pumpkin it is that you think is is best." And William said the bushel per acre for weight comparison was with corn, not with uh, with pumpkins. But to me, yeah, because I was using yeah, corn. In you were my using example. corn, yeah. So we appreciate, I appreciate you all trying to keep us between the ditches here on Good Things. And help my mind, you know, that would be a fun science experiment. So I guess if you win, what, the $1.7 billion that's the drawing, what's tonight or coming up here soon?
3: Tonight, and if it doesn't hit off tonight, it'll be Saturday.
2: You will have the cash to try to go up against old Travis next year with a 2,800-pound Pumpkin, I want. I mean,
3: with that much money, you could just pay Travis to do it.
2: No, I want to beat him. I bet the Delta soil could beat his world record pumpkin. There's just nobody in the Delta who's willing to spend twenty five hundred dollars a month on trying to grow a A pumpkin. A pumpkin, unless you can turn it into thirty thousand dollars, and then you know there's that. But there's only one of those. Anywho. You guys really do make good things great. I appreciate you listening and chiming in. Stick with us. You got more coming up next. You got the boys with Sports Talk from 3 to 6. Rhino and I will meet you back here tomorrow at 2. But until then, I hope you all find time for the good things.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi ah! Media Production.